Welcome to the Win All Day Every Day podcast, a podcast talking about all things hockey, life, and how to develop champions on and off the ice. This podcast is presented to you by Prairie Hockey Academy in Cairnport, Saskatchewan. Well, Justin, we're at the introductory podcast of our Prairie Hockey Academy Win All Day Every Day podcast. It's our first inaugural episode, and we're just uh, excited to launch it today. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a long time coming. I'm just uh, so grateful we're here today. I know we've got lots to talk about. We've got a great lineup of, of guests to come and excited for our, our first one today. Yeah, so let's jump right into it in terms of Prairie Hockey Academy. Um, you know, you are the you know, the co-host with me on this on this podcast, but you're much more involved obviously in the academy and uh, talk about Prairie Hockey Academy and, and how it got its birth, like its its history. Walk us through that as you are the the founder, you're the president of the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, how, how yeah. did things get started? Probably goes back to 2010 uh, when, when we started running a kids' hockey program. And it was a spring hockey program with an intentionality on using the power of hockey to develop life champions. And so just taking hockey, uh, practicing, but then going to a classroom and, and just teaching some really, you know, some core uh, leadership principles into 10 and 11-year-olds and, and just watching it stick. And so that kind of started off and 2015 comes along with this idea of what does it look like if we could build a high school program again? Right. And um, so it kind of burst from there. We launched in September of 2017 and we're heading into our seventh season. Yeah, that's exciting. It's, it's yeah. crazy that seven years has, has come and gone. And I remember talking to you in those early days and you're sending me different logos and ideas <laughs> right. and whatnot and just, you know, getting a a thought process around it and here we are like just you were going to hear throughout the podcast today um, lots of different really cool stories and uh, talk about the culture and everything else but um, before we jump into some of that let's talk about the facilities obviously you know a small town of Cairnport where the academy is located you might think well the, like what can there be for facilities but I know um, Prairie Hockey Academy is you know chasing and pursuing excellence you know wanting to set standards of behavior but also just a high level of excellence in in our facilities so Mm -hmm. talk to us about the facilities that are at prairie yeah yeah well going back to that logo real quick i think seven years later it's fascinating how many comments we still get about that logo that that we chose and it was a bit of crowdsourced right in a way um in our jerseys but facilities wise you know we're partnering with briar chris christian academy and so all of our student athletes attend the bca high school uh get to be a part of that school and you know dormitories there and the cafeteria and the school does a great job on that then we're, we take, you know, we play inside of the Barkman Arena, which was a, a beautiful 500-seat, you know, theater-style seat arena that was open in 2009, kind of like an NHL practice facility. Right. It's a nice arena, but, but, you know, I think you know, over and above that, we, we added the Champions Hall last year. And so the Champions Hall was a big vision for us that came. It took a few years to get there. Uh, it's a 4,000-square-foot expansion with four beautiful team rooms that we... Uh, we did a lot of work to tour different facilities to take a peek at what does it look like to have you know a, a you know a high end high end junior level type of dressing room with a beautiful logo on the ceiling of it and yeah. you know some LED lighting and um, some really nice seat cushions and I think the guys just walk in and they feel um, you know we've looked after a lot of the details right and uh, you know that whole you know the whole idea of to whom much is given much is expected and we really lay it out so that when people arrive there they know they're going to be hosted well right and such a a, a world-class facility also then we really want to be about preparing the student athlete for that next level right and so by them getting into that routine of having their locker room and that, having that set up it's yeah. really getting them ready for when they jump into junior and pro afterwards because 
now it's not something new. They can build their routine around it. So I think it's, you know, it's an excellent setup for sure. Talk to me more about the the High Performance Training Center and what that looks like. Yeah. High performance, I mean, high performance training is something that's, it's a big piece of what we do. I think games are won and lost in the gym. I think that's where our preparation starts and our, our director of performance, Dustin Friesen, would be a big believer in that. And so we built a facility. Uh, we took an old shop class. It was, <laughs> it was yellow inside or maybe orange with the, how dirty the walls were. And, uh, it took us about five months of just, uh, cleaning and emptying it out to build a new high performance training center. It's, it's about 5,500 square feet has 2,500 square feet of turf in it, just lots of space for our guys to do functional training. And uh, we believe it's uh, almost like an NHL caliber facility. Um, We consulted with Gary Roberts and his team at the Gary Roberts High Performance Training and his director of performance, Adrian Valaka, just to to help us lay it out and give us some strategy on how would we build a facility uh, that would be conducive to high performance hockey development. And I think we nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's... The comments all the time, whether it's taking people on tours or people that are coming through, not even you know involved in PHA, they just want to have a look and because yeah. they've heard about it. So it's a, it's a brilliant facility that uh, you know holds holds uh, great uh, pride, I think, with our student athletes yeah. as well when they're in there working out. So now we've talked about some of the excellence around our facilities, but obviously those are just empty echo chambers if we don't fill them with people. Yeah. So talk about some of the people that um, that really drive home uh, what really goes on at Prairie Hockey Academy in terms of like our staff, our coaches, and probably really importantly our teachers. It starts, I think, in the classrooms, right? We talk about first things first, and we're student athletes, and so student first. And well, we have some excellent teachers at BCA. Um, feedback I get from parents so often is that they just feel it's different. The teachers love the kids, and they create this environment where academic success is... Um, highlighted and prioritized and and we find success in that right um staff wise it's fun we've there's been challenges sometimes you know i, I haven't met any ex-nhl guys that married a girl from Karenport and moved home and so our location sometimes uh you know we don't have you know we're moving a lot of times we move people into the yeah. moose Jaw, Karenport area and, and that's good i mean we had you know barrett you moved here all the way back right. from vancouver and yeah. and so that was a big step last year to, to hire you as our general manager and u15 prep head coach and and now this year, we were able to get uh, the band back together with Chris Trendle joining us from Trinity Western. Yep. And so that uh, builds out our U15 team. And I think our our coaching staff's really developed. I think it was May 2nd this year, right? May 2nd, we were fully staffed for the 23-24 yeah. season. And that's the earliest we've ever been. And we're excited about it. Um, for sure. And it know. helps with all kinds of retention, but also in your recruiting yeah. process. And we'll talk about that in some later segments. But yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Like I'll... You know, the, even our our office right down the hallway, um, you yeah. know, from the high school, being right in the center of, of the kids' day at, at school, I think is is a brilliant location because it, it's a real collaborative environment. Yeah. That all of our staff, I feel anyhow, we, we get along brilliantly, and and um, it's it's a great work environment. Yeah, when we talk to coaches sometimes in the past about when we're recruiting coaches, I'm often saying, you know. Coaching can be a tough profession. It can sometimes feel really lonely. Right. Um, when you come to Prairie Hockey Academy, it, it's quite a bit of a different feel. There's there's the camaraderie of the team of coaching staff that's really key. And sometimes we'll compare it to maybe like what it'd be like to be on, in a fire hall, right, with a group of firefighters. And right. we're learning from each other. And so you're able to support Rob Holine as one of the U17 coaches and questions he might have about a system or some video or even just some scouting or recruiting. But yeah. I think that's been really key, just to just to sharpen each other and and uh, help build up 
great coaching staff. Yeah. So uh, we'll jump into the next segment, uh, you know, talking about yeah. day in the life of our athletes, right? Yeah. So um, I guess, first of all, when we're talking about whether it's Trey or Dustin or, or Rob or myself, like when we're out recruiting, what would you say some of the, like what kind of an athlete, student athlete, are, is Prairie Hockey out there recruiting and looking for? Yeah. We... Uh, I mean, we're looking for guys that can play hockey, for sure. Yeah. Um, but we're looking for high-character individuals that that have a, a bit of a, a mindset where they want to get better every day and invest in their own development. And oftentimes, at our you know at our ID camps, I, I get a, the privilege of leading a classroom with with these young student athletes that are coming in to to try out, and and I get to talk to them a little bit about the structure of the day in the life and everything. But I I really leave them with a thought that you know. Here we get to make it really easy on them in a lot of ways academically because they get to do hockey during their day as one of their academic periods. Uh, but with that comes a great expectation that that we expect them to show up and, and work really hard at the same time right. to get better every day. And and if they don't want to do that every day, if they don't want to get better, if they don't really love the game of hockey, then it's probably not the right spot for them. Right. And so I think it starts with that. There needs to be that bit of that fire in the belly of going, you know, I, I'm passionate about this. I want the opportunity to invest in my development every day. And, um, you know, buying into that first is a key. And, of course, the character and the academic side is, is a big piece of when we're recruiting and talking to families about what to expect as part of a private school like BCA. Yeah. And that comes September when they, they roll in to register for classes and, and get set up. Yeah. They just, they're not flipping a the switch then. They, obviously, they've got their summer right now. So yeah, even right. as we talk about a day in the life, for a, a guy that's committed to come to us already, or someone that's still pondering it, like what what should their summer be looking at, like or like right now, like what are, what are some things that they should be doing to chase after that excellence? Yeah, that's good. It, you know, athletes these days. I mean, we, we talk about multi sport and the need for rest and the need for recovery, and at the same time, uh, to be a high performance athlete, we need to be recognizing that there's there's seasons of loading and uh, and rest and. Your summer period right now, I'm, I'm sure everyone took a, a couple weeks off, and especially off of the ice. That's really key. Yeah. Uh, but uh, right now, you know, the, the expectation would be a lot of our athletes would be training, um, that they'd be recognizing uh, weaknesses, places to train to get stronger, um, and just being prepared and faster for the season to start. So, Then when they get here in September, like there's... It, it, it's kind of like drinking from a fire hydrant. There's yeah. just so much that's going on because, yeah. you know, you're maybe moving from out of province or out of town. Yeah. Uh, so you meet new teammates, new staff, you get new teachers, new classmates. That's right. Uh, you, know, you know, some might be in a billet program, some in our, you know, our well-run dorm program and all those different things. But um, what would, like, so in September, what can they expect? What, is, what does a day look like for the U18s? Yeah, U18. So when they arrive here, you know, a day in the life of your, your school day, your period one might be a core, core class of an English or math. Uh, generally, we have a chapel period after that. Period three, another core class. Uh, period four is always my favorite. Uh, it's lunch hour, if you're wondering. <laughs> uh, but then you have, you know, period five would be uh, for the U18s, I believe, is practice, right? So, yeah. you know, at one o'clock or 12.45, uh, your team, you're jumping into the Champions Hall, into your dressing room with your teammates, uh, getting ready for practice, and you hit the ice. And so you have a 75-minute period there where uh, you have your team practice, you quickly get undressed, uh, change up into your uh, your workout gear and we head over to the high performance training center that's called Can West right beside us and you're going to work out and then at the end then you're done I mean it's right. it's 3:45 in the afternoon uh, you've done your hockey training for the day uh, and your school day is over yeah. so now you get to hang out uh, as a student athlete with your teammates you're going to go to the cafeteria and have supper uh, there's going to be study hall at night uh, and um, 
and you kind of, you know, sleep and do it again the next day. Right. Yeah. And then there's, of course, the brilliant part of the, you know, the, the academy route. Yeah. Um, it means that you're not driving an hour and a half from your small center to a larger right. center to play tier hockey and then in those bad weather conditions driving home. So you're three yeah. hours on the road to have an hour practice that might not even have other kids show up at it. <laughs> Um, you know, so there's all the safety issues that are on the road. There's your yeah. wear and tear on your vehicle. There's your tiredness of coming back and being exhausted for class the next day in your small yeah. town. And so, I mean, some of those things, like you're you're saying, when they're they're school day, they're hockey, they're training on the ice every day, practice, playing, all that other stuff is done at three forty-five or four yeah. o'clock. Gives them lots of freedom to maybe take on another sport or do another activity that they've never been able to do in the That's past. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we've even had some student athletes take an extra class to get ahead, right? Some guys right. that, uh, you know, I remember Nathan Airy did that. And I mean, he's Minnesota Golden Gopher now, but, you know, high academics. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you're right. I think, you know, we don't oftentimes count that cost, right? right? Not only on the student athlete, but maybe even on the family member. For sure. And the, and the family vehicle. Yeah. Um, I think that's been one of the biggest hidden benefits I didn't recognize when we started the academy uh, was just, you know, how much your recovery matters. Yeah. Uh, as a young athlete and being able to be done every day at four o'clock and, and get your homework done and and actually go to bed at a right time like a, you know our, our sickness our man days lost to sickness you know much lower than what i've seen in previous teams i've coached and yeah. and i think all that just i think is because our we get to rest and recover at a right time we go to bed at a decent hour a night we can have family supper still every night we're not running somewhere and yeah. it's been a huge benefit uh, that you see in the academy model Great. Well, we're getting close to our, our break here, but um, while we're talking about you know, our, um, you know, our facilities and our people and stuff like that, yep. seventh year in operation, yep. there's got to be some alumni along the way. Like, what, what, are some yeah. of, what have our alumni been up to? Yeah, it's great. We, we do have some alumni, uh, guys we love to, to talk about that the, the made an impact here, and I know we've got lots we'll probably miss, but I think we had four of our alumni uh, just uh, attend uh, NHL development camps, which was great. I think we had our fifth alumni uh, commit to NCAA Division One team yesterday. Uh, Noah Barlogi, that was an announcement uh, with Alaska. Right. And so, um, you know, Chase Coward last year, I think it's just an incredible story. And I, and I believe our, our league just is going to be releasing a, a story they wrote about him next week. Uh, he just came back from the Minnesota Wild Development Camp. And, you know, he had what looked to be a career-ending hip, hip uh, issue and came, right. came to coach with us last yeah, year. It was exactly, so cool. Yeah. And then in November, gets a phone call to go and get double hip surgery. And he's starting in the net for the Red Deer Rebels at the end of the season. And, yeah. you know, Minnesota Wild Camp now. And so... Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's been fantastic to see guys like Chase and yeah. Atley Calvert and others. Yeah. Uh, and Chase success. is a story. Like, he's a small-town kid that couldn't make his double-A team and had right. nowhere to go. So yeah. he ends up at Prairie Hockey Academy, and two years later, he bypasses all those other kids, and he's at a Hockey Canada summer program camp. He's off to the Buffalo Sabres and Minnesota. That's like, right. there's... yeah. You know, so just one of those stories of like one of our alumni that you know it wants to come back and volunteer in the summertime with our parade performance and our summer camps, involved in spring hockey. Like he's he's not just sort of a blow in, blow up, blow out guy. Yeah, he wants to be back involved. So I think that really speaks to our culture and yep. and the people that invested in him. He now wants to turn around and give that back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I seeing feedback and talking to a, a family member this morning that was at our camps last week and. Um, Atlee Calvert and Ethan Peters were our two guest coaches all week long and just they were blown away that these you know 19 20 year old young men were out in the ice um, 
they're heroes to their kids, right? Yeah, they're, for sure. They're ten-year-old boys, and it's awesome to see them. Yeah, give them back yeah. like that. Um, right before the break, we just wanted to do a, a quick um, sort of recap. You know, our ice was out for a couple of weeks for maintenance at Barkman Arena, which is great. You know, taking right. care of all those operational needs and stuff like that. So, give you know our, our prayer performance guys a chance to, you know, yeah. just spend spend some time in the gym and working on some refinement there with Dustin, but. Um, so, you know, this segment of, of sort of our recap, as we go through each podcast, we want to talk about all the different highlights from each week. So as we get into the season and have reports on how teams perform and how student athletes were doing, or and not, not just recap on their performance, but how they were maybe leaders yeah. in the classroom and different things. So um, as, we, as we move into the, the recap, segment talk about uh, what what is prairie performance we've we've talked about it here a little bit but yeah how how is that different than pha and like what what is prairie performance yeah you know prairie performance uh, when we open the high performance training center just an opportunity to uh, provide a you know world-class training opportunity for young uh, hockey players that uh, want want to train for the summer so Scott King's our director of player development, and with our Prairie Performance program, he looks after all the on ice. And then our director of performance, Dustin Friesen, is in the gym looking after all the uh, programming and the training in, in the high performance center. And so we we had uh, you know small groups that we limited to, and kind of three different groups, almost like a major junior pro, um, a junior U18 AAA, and then more of a U15 U16 AAA level when we started. And, it's grown quite a bit. I think we have 54 student athletes as part of it right now. Yeah. Um, we've got guys that, you know, like Arise Newkirk, um, Jackson Weave, Max Warner. Uh, these guys are all under NHL contracts that are in there training every day, five days a week with Dustin and, uh, and, and I mean, numerous others that are playing yeah. WHL and um, Junior A and everything and yeah. Division One athletes. And it's grown quite a bit. Yeah. And it's awesome to see these guys come in and commit and uh, to their, their development five days a week. and go from the gym to uh, to the ice. Right. And, have some and it's not just, days. we're not just talking about Karenport guys or Musha guys. Like dudes are, they're driving in from Swift Current, yeah. Musha or Regina. Like yeah. it's, they've seen the value in in what we're offering and, and obviously words getting out there. So I think it's, yeah. I'm excited to see it keep growing. You know, I, yeah. I think that in, in anything that we're doing, I think a student athlete's word of endorsement is the best thing. Like we could, Spend money on advertising and whatever else, but when when a you know when a Atlee Calvert says to a teammate of his, "Hey, what are you doing for the summer training?" Because what I'm doing, that, like yeah. that, that's why I scored all my goals this year. Did what I did, yeah, right. And and then all of a sudden, you know, we get that that swell of, of athletes coming in wanting yeah. to get better. And I think, I mean, when we built it, we just said, "Who's doing this well, hmm. and how do we learn from them?" Right. And so I remember I, I just randomly made an email to Gary Roberts and his group and that's how we you know connected with Adrian and yeah. and he kind of helped us build it and we uh, Dustin and I were saying you know we want to be a one-stop shop here so when kids come up be a part of their young men be a part of this prairie performance program they come to care Port, we want them to have ice time we want them to have some therapy and we want them to have you know strength training yeah oh and we want them to have nutrition so how do we do that because there's not you know much when they're here yeah and, and talking with Adrian, we suggested a couple of products we were going to use, and he's like, "Oh, uh, maybe don't. Hold on a second. I've got somebody for you to talk to." Yeah. And that led us down this whole road with a partnership with Designs for Sport, and uh, we launched the Prairie Performance line of supplements. And so we know that they're NSF Sport certified for our guys; that yeah. they're extremely clean. Super important for sure. And uh, our athletes are just telling us, like, my body feels better when I work out with this stuff, yeah. right? With some aminos and some hydration and some. 
uh, paleo protein that just doesn't, it, we've just noticed the guys really noticing a difference. So yep. the Prairie Performance is kind of an all, all uh, you know, full stop, uh, you got everything all in one. Yeah, that's great. Um, we're going to move into the next segment here right after the break, our, our guest uh, spot where we bring in different guests each time. We've got a great guest uh, for us today in our inaugural uh, podcast, but I mean, in, in the future, we got guys, you know, like, like Gary and Adrian that are going to come on, and uh, Scott King and his dad Dave, and right, you yeah. know, there's going to be a, a slew of people that That's are going to come fun. on. The, the, the guest part's going to be a lot of fun, and some will be right here in the studio, and others will, you know, through the World Wide Web, we'll be bringing them in. But um, for now, let's go to break, and then we'll come back and we'll have uh, a time with JP as our, our first guest. Back from the break, and uh, we're going to be joined by a special guest all the way from Ireland, uh, the rock over top of the pond, yeah. and uh, yeah, just we're looking forward to, to having him, so why don't you introduce our, our next guest for us? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, good friend of mine, uh, J.P. Nurbin. Uh, J.P., thanks for joining us. J.P. is, um, you know, he's a, he's a father first, um, or husband first, I should say, and father. He's uh, also a speaker, he's an author, a podcast host, and, uh, and a mentor and a coach. Um, JP and I met back in 2016 and it's been fun to to watch his journey but also get the opportunity to work with him here at Prairie Hockey Academy as our culture coach. Right, that's awesome. Yeah, so JP, welcome on board. Glad you could join us for our inaugural Win All Day Every Day uh, podcast. Glad you could join us. Yeah, it's great to be here with you guys. So uh, looking forward to spending some time virtually with you here since I don't get to spend time in person this season. So, Yeah, for sure. Now, you know, I, I look at both you and Justin as, you know, some real uh, cutting edge thought leaders and, and guys that are just really pioneering some of this transformational coaching stuff and just really being at the, in my mind, you know, there, there's lots of cultural changes that are happening within sport. And you guys, I think, are are being instigators or pioneers in the midst of that. But just you and Justin kind of banter back and forth. Tell us about how you guys met and how this story of PHA kind of gets woved into it. Yeah, JP, I'll let you. I'll let you tell your version first. <laughs> Justin kind of was was fortunate to be part of a group mentorship program that we were in with a author named Jamie Gilbert, who kind of co-mentored us. And it was honestly Justin that me at one of the low points in my leadership journeys as a coach, and uh, I was really struggling with my culture, and I was looking for someone to help me fix all the cultural problems and all the issues with my players, and. Uh, yeah, I got into that mentorship program and, you know, as Justin knows, I realized, you know, the issue started with me myself. And so I had to make some changes as a leader. And, um, you know, it was, it was cool. It was great to be able to see, um, Justin and Jamie on those calls and work through my challenges as well as, you know, Justin was kind of in those early stages of starting Prairie Hockey Academy. So we were, uh, both on our own journeys to, you know, impact the world. And initially for me, it was as a coach. And then I started to work as a culture consultant and a coach of coaches because I recognized in my own leadership journey, that's what I needed. I really needed, yeah, I like good books. I like to read books on culture and leadership. And, you know, I like to attend workshops and seminars and stuff like that. But really what I needed was a coach. I needed a mentor to help me kind of make that uh, internal, personal, you know, interchange uh, so that I could go out there and be the leader and have the impact that I wanted to have. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool. Justin, what, what's your yeah. side of the story? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I, 
what, a, what an incredible um, you know meeting uh, really for for JP and I and I think he was right I think we we learned lots from Jamie as our coach in that and I you know what I what I appreciate about that time in meeting it was just Jamie just kind of told us like if we want to see change it has to start with us mm-hmm. um, and, and we need to change and, and there's lots of conversation and banter that went back and forth and challenging conversations uh, with Jamie for both of us to change and um, you know, I, I really think even JP's first book, Calling Up, uh, well, I was probably birthed in that time. Um, we talked lots about this idea of calling up. It was, that, you know, it was JP that brought that to the table, and and uh, it's been fun to watch his journey. I mean, I've watched this man uh, decide at that point in time to take on a challenge to read a book a year, so that he could, you know, dive into his own leadership development, so that he could have a greater depth um, to draw from to teach others. And it's been really neat to watch him grow as a transformational coach. Right. Yeah, and JP, you've, as a transformational coach, you know, you maybe started with, you know, coaching at the high school level and maybe working with some minor, you know, minor sport programs and stuff like that. But now your resume has expanded to, to programs around the world. You've located your family over to Ireland to be more central to, uh, to your customer base and whatever else. But um, talk to us about what that journey has been like for you in terms of how you've seen it grow and, and how there's been a lot of traction on this transformational culture uh, shift that we're seeing in sport. I just I started with um, you know like Justin said making some changes in my leadership and I was reading a book a week and just started taking a lot of notes on those things and then started to share that journey in blogs you know just write about it you know not really with the intention of developing some sort of followership but just more as a way to take my thoughts the things I was reading the things I was doing and you know really try to you know help help to better understand these things I was reading and how I might apply them. Um, or to interpret experiences and challenges that I was going through. And so it was a way to clarify my thinking. And people just started to read that blog, uh, I think, is because it was, you know, not necessarily some world-renowned championship coach. It was just a, a guy in the trenches, trenches trying to make a difference and trying to find practical ways to, to build culture and impact lives and improve as a leader. And the blog led to a podcast, and the podcast, uh, the Coaching Culture podcast, that led to people reaching out and want to having conversations. And I just kind of fell into a mentorship type coaching role where I just started to share what I was learning and helping other people. And I got to interview incredible leaders on my podcast. Um, I'm very fortunate now I can almost get any, you know, any author out there to come on or, you know, coaches like Monty Williams, who's the NBA 2022 NBA coach of the year. I mean, I've just had incredible people out there. Anson Dorrance, 22 time NCAA national championship coach. I mean, I just get to have all these great people I learn from. And I've had all these unique experiences of working with coaches to help them actually implement some of these ideas. And through that implementation and a lot of coaches, you know, like Justin and PHA, you know, we really learned a lot. You know, we learned a lot really, really quickly, probably more than I would have done if I had been coaching just my own program for 20 years. All of a sudden I was coaching 20 different teams through these coaches. And so we got to learn a lot and able to develop a framework that I think coaches were able to use to develop culture that, you know, we call it like a culture system framework. It's just been pretty impactful. And and it's pretty cool now to be able to, you know, this even this year working with Texas, Stanford, the U.S. Golf Association, and many other high-level sporting organizations, as well as incredible organizations like PHA and yourselves. And if I can just jump in there, I think, you know, what, what was neat for, for me, JP, is that that all began with you, um, you know, humbly just starting to write a blog, right? And I think, you know, you talk a lot about this when you're, you're coaching me or some of the coaches that you work with, uh, of just that, 
you know, step one is just you being vulnerable as a leader and that, that vulnerability of writing that blog that you didn't have it all figured out, but you were, you were, you know, striving to learn new things and trying to get better. Um, but that vulnerability allowed you to, people started to reach out to you. And then from that, you, you began building relationships, right? So I think, you know, transformational coaching is, um, is that, right? We, we talk with it. It's, you know, it's being vulnerable, uh, open yourself up, building relationships, right? And, and then from that, you, you know, you have this opportunity to speak into others' lives and, and provide support. Um, and that is, so I think that was kind of what built this platform for you, uh, JP. And, and the neat part about that is it just, you know, intentionality. You've, you, tell me about intentionality. You use that term a lot. Uh, if I can just maybe shift into that. Um, you know, we talk about is that is that the main thing, like strong intentionality for any type of transformational yeah, culture? Yeah, you hit it right there. I mean, um, I appreciate the first off the comments about the vulnerability thing. I mean, I just try to remain vulnerable too. I think not not in some fake way to try to connect, but really just genuinely like I don't have it all figured out and I still struggle as a leader in my own home. I struggle in my leadership of my business and I'm just really trying to grow at all these things with coaches you know that i work with and so it's 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 unique journey in that but when it comes to intentionality i mean this is there's a lot of i mean i think every coach really i almost say that almost every coach that gets into coaching they get in there with the right intentions right they want to make an impact they have some unique why when i got into coaching it was because i wanted to give back to, to young people in the way that i was given to as a coach right so a lot of people might have that mission or that vision of, of what it might be to impact lives they have. and a lot of also people have a servant heart you know like they just they go out there they serve and they give a lot to others um but oftentimes the missing piece as a kind of a friend mentor of mine dave brandt who won seven national championships at messiah college says is they missed that third piece which is intentionality and that's the that's the third leg and that three-legged stool that so often people miss and the intentionality is you know here's my beliefs do my behaviors align with my beliefs right? Here's what I say I value. I value grace, respect, integrity, toughness. Do I demonstrate that? And I don't have to be perfect on that, right? But I'm saying I'm always striving for grace, respect, integrity, and toughness, or whatever my, my core values are. And when I fall short from that, I'm honest about that. And I take ownership of my failure to, 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 to live those values out. So intentionality is first off, making sure your own behaviors will match with your beliefs. And secondly, intentionality comes down to aligning uh, strategy with what your intended results are so you know you you could say you want to build a transformational culture but are you finding ways to do that intentionally within your relationships with your players with how you discipline the athletes with how you um you know build relationships within your staff uh to how you get players to connect with each other right so there's a lot of strategy and you know, intentional stuff out there and just like if you're trying to develop in hockey you know your 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 systems there you know your attack or your defense Right? You're going to have drills that align with certain things and line up with that. You're not going to do maybe drills that another coach uses because they would be having a different strategy, right? They'd have a different system. So it's the same when it comes to culture, making sure that your strategy aligns with what you're trying to build there. Over the years, as you've, as you've grown your your um, your business and you're working with a lot of you know elite level teams, because I, I think that that's the, the level of athlete and the level of coach that really wants to push towards that edge of excellence and and wants to be intentional, so you're helping guide them and whatnot. You know, at Prairie Hockey Academy, you know, we're dealing with 14 to 17, 18 year olds, and um, they're all still living that dream of you know getting to the next level, whether that's into junior, university, pro, whatever it would be. 
What are some things from your experiences of worked with NCAA teams and pro teams and you know other pro sports like the PGA and whatnot? What you know, what are some advice that you would be able to give like our younger elite athlete uh, to help them navigate that intentional step for them? Yeah, that's 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 um, that's great. I think you know one thing is to find a really great organization like yourselves that is going to help support that and going to be intentional as leaders. Right? If you just stumble into any program or you're seeking something that's just going to maximize your exposure, um, are they actually helping to develop you, not just as a player, but as a person, right? So if you want to be successful at the next level, you're going to have to be in a place that is intentional about your leadership growth, your character growth, right? So, you know, and I think that's what makes PHA so exceptional is that, I mean, all your coaches are getting coaching, you know, for me. And you've got all these intentional things with Humble Strong, uh, with our mental strength training. I mean, and the coaches are highly intentional, meeting with players one-on-one. Right? There's so much intentionality in the development of the human being and the person. So make sure you're in the right place where you're going to grow. Don't just chase a place with, you know, fancy locker rooms or, you know, a, a big name out there. Um, yeah. If you get in a place where you can grow, then you're going to be in a bright place to be successful. I think the other thing too is, I mean, obviously we all have goals and dreams, right? And those are great to have. And I would make sure that I have those goals written down. I want to play in the NHL someday. I want to go get a scholarship someday or whatever it is. But why don't you spend some time, I would say, focusing on who you want to become through that journey, right? And really focus on that identity. Like what's important? What do you want people to say about you as a teammate? Um, what do you want people to say about you know, your coaches in the future, 10, 15 years? What will they have said about you? Um, if you were to make it in the NHL, what type of player would you want to be there? Like, look at the players there, the guys you admire, not just on the ice, but off the ice and, and the lives that they live and try to find the qualities there. Um, you know, what, what are the qualities to, the, to be that person off the ice, but also the qualities that are going to help you to be successful. So, you, obviously, you probably, if you're going to make the NHL or something like that, you're going to have to have a really great work ethic. Um, you might need to be a really great teammate or you're going to be other things out there. And so once you have some of those idea of the person that you want to be, the player you want to be, then it's about just finding the right behaviors, the right habits, the right disciplines in your life, and just making sure that those align up. And what you'll have is this identity of this guy that's a hardworking, you know, gutsy, mentally tough, right, caring teammate. And then you'll start to say, okay, if I go out in there and do all the things that I need to do to be that person, to be that athlete, to be that player, I'm probably going to end up putting myself in the best chance possible um, to be able to achieve those goals. Thanks, JP. I, you know, I, you've um, you've traveled the world quite a bit now, and I know you you know you're working with professional uh, teams and professional coaches as well as obviously college and, and down to high school. Um, you know, in your travels, in your experience, I guess, what what do you think uh, you're starting to see? Is there starting to be a strong uh, culture shift happening where, you know, moving from maybe a transactional sporting environment to, to something a little bit more transformational um, with uh, with how they treat their athletes? It's interesting, guys. Sometimes in the world of sports, it seems to be like the leaders in the pack in certain movements. And, you know, at the end of the day, there was coaches out there like John Wooden at UCLA, you know, however many years ago, back in the 60s, and he was very transformational. Uh, but yet you had some other guys that were highly transactional that used a lot of aggressive, de- de- you know, uh, demean types of coaching behaviors. And, um, you know, so there, there wasn't really, I don't know if it took complete root in the coaching world. But what you've seen in the, in the business world and, and Fortune 500 companies out there 
is that there's been a, a shift in leadership and culture. All of a sudden now it's, it, it's people are focusing on the person, uh, not just the employee. And, and there's personal development within, within companies. Um, and there's more balance and there's just a, a, a more human element to everything. And, you know, sports are starting to move in that direction too. I mean, just from a leadership perspective, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, if you're a real high performer at uh, any of the big companies like Google or, you know, Apple today, if you're a high performer, they're getting you a coach. If you're a low performer, they're probably getting you a coach to like a last resort to maybe try to keep, you know, keep you in there and develop you, right? right. Um, now, hopefully, this is where we're starting to head in the world of sports is that all coaches are going to have coaches to work with them uh, on that. And so uh, I think that's one thing that's changing. But I also think the, you know, the use of social media, there's a lot of things that have been challenging and bad about social media. But I think the interconnectedness of social media and phones has changed the dynamics. So 25, 30 years ago, when I was playing, the reality was if I wasn't happy about my situation, I didn't know there was better out there, right? But all of a sudden now I'm more connected to other people and other teams and our leagues. And I might go to University of South Carolina and my buddy goes to University of Tennessee. And all of a sudden he's like, oh man, but it's way better over here. You know, like it's, it's all of a sudden now we athletes have choice with the transfer portal. And so if you're going to, if the coach is going to treat you the wrong way and the people, the culture is going to stink, you're going to realize well, they got something better over there. So I'm just going to go over there. Right. So culture can be a thing that's, that helps you to stay and, that one of my one of the guys I work with, one of my clients is you know Dusty May, who's a men's basketball coach at Florida Atlantic University. They made it to the Final Four last year. It was a Cinderella story. It was the most successful year, and, and Dusty's built his 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 team, and that success was built on guys that wanted to stay with him. They were committed to the culture, right? And he did that by treating That's people powerful. right. That's powerful. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, speaking of transformational coaches um, and, and creating great cultures. You and I both read the book, JP, and, and Barrett, I don't know if, you've, if you have or not, but one of my favorite books that got me into this was Inside Out Coaching by Joe Ehrman. And in, in, in that book, uh, Joe lays out that his favorite coach is, is Dorothy from Wizard of Oz, if I, if I believe that right, or if I remember that right. And I, and I think that's really neat, and we're not here to dissect that book today. We could another time, but I just wonder how many people are going to say it's Ted Lasso today. And, uh, and I, JP might be one of those guys. Um, and I just wonder, you know, Ted Lasso and that TV show, you know, just as much as it was about a transformational coaching environment and creating, you know, relationships through vulnerability and, um, and supporting them. But it was also about, you know, that coach also needing a coach and his struggles internally and what was going on. But I think it was just the TV show that society needed. And maybe that, you know, with the helps of others like, uh, JP and others doing this type of training, I think we might see it continue to see a little bit more of a shift in that environment. I hope. <laughs> but Ted Laszlo, pioneering spirit in coaching world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, truth or not, JP, Ted Lasso is a big fan of the Coaching Culture podcast. You know, <laughs> for sure. I don't know. Some days I feel like he might be stealing silver material. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> no, I think it's it's kind of it's been cool to see that uh, take off and and people you know, gravitate to it for a variety of reasons. You know, I think it's also just, um, it's honestly one of the ways that I always wanted to approach coaching if I ever got, you know, back into it full time was uh, whether I stayed in basketball or moved out of it, I was just like, I'll just focus on the culture and I'll hire somebody else out there that loves to do the X's and O's because the relationships and the human piece is what it's about. And I mean, that shows, that's what the show's all about. You know, he doesn't know a lick about soccer and he doesn't need to. 
at the end of the day, he just puts the right people to position to make those decisions. And he just focuses on those, that, the human element and, uh, and he, he crushes it obviously in that. And, you know, at least to not just a successful soccer team, but, a you know, a place where people love to show up and love to come to work or love to come to play every day. And I think, you know, that's, that's obviously some of the visions for so many of us. Right. And when you create that culture, that transformational culture, it just gives you purpose to come to work every day and then you can you can do your job with passion. That's that's what I love about it. So, uh, JP, you're, I believe you're going on to like about your 300th plus podcast. You've, you know, like we said earlier, you get the chance to travel the world and work with all these other thought leaders and, and brilliant coaches. Um, just give us, if, if you could just, if you were sitting in front of our, you know, four teams right now, and, and they're sitting here in, in, in your audience, what's a nugget of wisdom that you would drop on them as they're just kind of wrapping up their, you know, there's six, seven weeks left before they show up to us. What's something that they can be intentional with right now in their summer program? Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of, um, obviously you're going to have come in there with a lot of pressure on yourself to, when you come to PHA or, you, you know, if any athletes coming into a new program to easily want to, feel like you're connected and feel like you belong. And sometimes that can cause us as athletes to do dumb things. Sometimes it can just cause us to kind of just not be ourselves because we're just so focused on fitting in. And um, I think one of the most powerful things you can do as an athlete is when you come into any environment is just say, how can I help others, right? How can I help others get connected? How can I help others uh, in this environment feel like they belong like how can i build those relationships and connections and friendships and just uh, try to step in there and really try to be vulnerable be yourself share your goals share your dreams um and be a leader in trying to create the experience and the team that you'd want to play for everybody wants to play for a team that's connected and it's like a family right every team i work with or coach i work with you know the young men on that team um will say they want to be a brotherhood they want to be a family. The young women on that team will say they want to be a family, right? And everybody wants that. But who's willing to help make that happen? At the end of the day, you know, every, you know, athletes typically might step into a situation. They expect that's on the coach. They expect that that's on the other players. Um, but what's your responsibility into that? So I would really focus in on coming there, just try to be authentic, try to be genuine, try to really pour into other people around you and be that leader that helps to create that culture that at the end of the day is going to lead to you guys being really successful, right? Because if you're that brotherhood, if you're that family, you're going to play harder, you're going to have a lot more fun, and you guys are all going to be more successful. And it's only going to elevate each other, um, and each other's play on the ice and lead you guys further to where your own individual goals are as well. That's great advice. I yeah. wish I had that advice, you know, 30 years ago myself. Um, so much appreciated. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, our, our inaugural Win All Day Every Day podcast uh, for Prey Hockey Academy. And we, we look forward to you continuing to work with um, our, our, our coaches and our staff and, and our student athletes. I think that uh, you might be one of the, the cheat codes that we have at our academy, and we really look forward to continuing to develop this relationship. So I'm really glad that you and, and, and Justin, you know, got... Uh, Got acquainted through, you know, some book reading, developed a deep relationship, and uh, both your careers um, have taken off. And, and I'm just really excited to sort of be a, uh, a you know, a, a part of the audience here to uh, to see that growth and, and to see how PHA can continue to grow. 
Yeah, before we let you go, JP, uh, tell just tell our listeners even, you know, I think we've got some coaches um, that, that might be interested a little bit in, you know, what, what is TLC Culture Coaching? How can they find out more uh, with social media or your website? And, and I know you've got, you know, you have two great books. Uh, the Culture System, I think, is one that just every coach should, should use as a, almost as a curriculum, but you do have a curriculum as well. And but you also have a third one coming out. So maybe just leave us with uh, where they can find a little bit more about what you're doing. Yeah, you won't find me on social media very often, um, but I'm on Twitter occasionally at JP Nurbin, N-E-R-B-U-N. My website's TOCculture.com, and there you can see links to everything that might be of interest to you. There's some free stuff out there it's just as far as some resources that might be helpful, as well as uh, links to my book. I've written, you know, Calling Up, and my most recent book is The Culture System, and later out later on this year, I have a book called uh, The Sports Parent Solution. It's all about how to Coaches can better partner with parents to help support athletes. Um, all on the, on the website, I've got a bunch of online courses depending on areas that you might want to focus on. Whether it's playing time, creating a more competitive practice, or overall just implementing the whole culture system framework. Brilliant. That's great. Again, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll make sure we pump the tires, get the, the links at the bottom of the screen and stuff like that to, uh, to help endorse you. Thanks for your time today, and uh, all the best to you in the week ahead. Yeah, guys, appreciate the opportunity to be here. And Justin, appreciate the opportunity that you gave me so many years ago to work with you guys at PHA. It's been uh, incredibly, um, you know, unique experience to, to work with an academy of, of your caliber. And uh, it's helped me grow as a coach. And I've enjoyed every minute of it. Thanks, JP. Likewise, thanks for that. Good stuff. All right, we're going to head to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, just some coaching insight in terms of different places and, and how the hockey landscape is shifting a little bit, as well as some, uh, some hockey stories from Grandpa B. So look forward to coming back after the break. Okay, we're back from the break. That was great to have JP uh, on as a host. Um, really look forward to, again, working with him. And um, in that segment each week, we're going to have lots of other great guests. And so I really look forward yeah. to that continuing to build and and, uh, and see other people jump on board our Win All Day Everyday podcast. Absolutely. want to jump into this next segment now on, uh, we're calling it Coach's Insight. So different things we're going to talk about each week, depending on maybe who the guest is. So, you know, today we'll talk about some coaching insight into transformational stuff in the future you know if we have mm-hmm. the, the king family on we might talk about x's nose as part of that coaching insight or whatever but um as we talk about transformation we talk about you know i think even jp alluded to it like there's back in the day we all experienced the transactional coach the guy that yelled and screamed and kicked garbage cans and tried yeah. to like what have you done for me lately fear-based intimidation to get you motivated and, yeah and, and yeah. i think there's obviously still some of that that lingers within sport not hockey's not the only culprit to, to have mm-hmm. those type of coaches but there's there's transformation that's happening but i think you know let's talk about the hockey landscape overall there's been some seismic shifting that has happened in the last three four months with different leagues you know yeah. going rogue and leaving hockey canada and governing bodies changing and all kinds of things it seems like it could be a messy pathway what are what are some things that you know that you're hearing and and what you know what you you've heard about or what's going right. on in that landscape i think i mean you can you can you can look on social media in different places if you like but it's uh 
know, some, there's just general confusion at times, right? Families are, are asking more questions. I think there's more and more family advisors kind of popping up because they look at it as an opportunity for them to provide education to people to tell them what's happening. And, and I, you know, for me, I, I don't know, you know, I think we, just to leave families with, uh, and, and student athletes with just a little bit of hope that, you know, at the end of the day, um, I think JP, our former guest, or guest we just had on, just talked about this idea of like finding a place that aligns with you and who you are is what right. matters, right? So as much as there might be some confusion out there in the market, um, connecting with the program that might be best for you and just asking good questions, getting to know who that coach might be, what the development focus is like, and you know, each season you're going into, what's the goal of that season? I mean, yeah, you want to win a championship, sure. Yeah. But but at the end of the day, the goal should be you know strong development, great friendships and relationships that are built, and, and positive memories. Yeah, absolutely, and and I would echo that. I think that the biggest part that you you hear when you know the old pathway used to be you know you go to minor hockey in your small town, and yeah. you know some scout happens to see you, and they go to a camp, and you know you go to that get invited to their fall camp, you make the junior team, and you know yeah. there was a pathway that was very traditional, but that pathway is you know. Right. Yeah. It's, it, it's yeah. by the, you know, it's the dodo bird right now because there's so many different ways to, to get to that next level. And so there could be some confusion within that. I think even, you know, the multiculturalness of Canada, there's maybe a lot of non-traditional hockey families as well that don't right. know the pathway. They, they don't know even that old system or yeah. old coaches and transactional styles that yeah. were there. They just, they want the best for their kid. For right? sure. There's and lots so, of first generational hockey players, right? 100%. Yeah. 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 So just trying to find that pathway for them. I think my advice is, you know, just to, you know, JP mentioned it, be be competitive. Like have that fire in your belly to be want to be an elite athlete. Mm-hmm. And then just be willing to learn and, and uh, be open to different advice, right? It's not just coming from one pathway. You can get lots of help and learn how to stick out and shoot from social media. You can go to different skills clinics. You can go to different camps. But I think the confusion comes where you know parents are just like, well, I got to send my kid to every camp. I got to send my kid everywhere. Kid ends up getting burnt out by the time he's 19. He doesn't want to pick up his hockey stick. Yeah. So the the information I would pass on is just keep loving the game, right? Yeah. You, you love the game when you find a place that aligns with your values and your brand. Um, and and I think I, I hope that PHA would be that for 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 our student athletes. They're going to come with purpose and, and, and leave with lots of passion, yeah. and, and they're not going to be burned out. They're going to be like full of energy and, and really prepared for that next step, right? So yeah. as confusing as it is with all the rogue leagues and everyone leaving and this league leaving there and not sure what pathway to go and what advisor to listen to, just be you, be, be diligent, and, and, and pursue yeah. excellent, and the game will find you, right? right. And, yeah. and, and then your path will become clear. I think that probably is the biggest message we can leave with everyone right now. Yeah. Good. Well, let's jump into the, to our next segment. Uh, I don't know. I, we'll call it Grandpa B. Uh, got to yeah. you know my son and his wife. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. You know they, they gave birth to uh, my our first granddaughter Hazy K. And uh, and yeah. so I just you know I'm starting to embrace you know I'm moving from dad jokes to grandpa jokes now, right? <laughs> and um, I've always I've you know had the opportunity to you know be in the game for a long time. I got lots of crazy stories. So just you know want to call this segment Grandpa B's Story Time. And, uh, okay. yeah, just want to have a chance to, not just me tell stories. I mean, I'll, even if our guests want to tell some hockey stories, it's just some banter, right? But 
um, this is kind of a, a space for some hockey stories sitting around the fireside talking about that. Right. So when you go from a dad, like dad jokes or dad stories to grandpa stories, is it, do they get better? Like, do they get longer? Like, <laughs> that's my, yeah, I'm excited to hear. But I, I think they actually get shorter because you can't remember as much. <laughs> the tails get better. Try to think of the stories. The, the tails the get fish, shorter. Yeah, but the fish better. gets bigger and stuff like that, for sure. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I've, I've had, uh, the game has treated my family um, amazingly over the years, you know, in all the different places we've had to travel and work and and stuff like that and and so yeah I, I just I really feel that we've we've had an opportunity to to experience lots of cool things yeah. and um, and love to dovetail those into how I coach and how I lead and yeah. and I think storytelling is is a you know Jesus did it all throughout the scriptures with parables and right. and you use it to to be a connecting point and stuff like that and I just I, I love telling stories and uh, some are you know, from our time and trips to Kazakhstan, wild and crazy, and um, to just, you know, having, you know, some fireside chats with some friends and, and those memories. Yeah. So, yeah, look forward to the unpacking some of these stories. Right, yeah. I mean, you know, one of these we'll have to hear, you and I just had the privilege of being at the Hockey Hall of Fame, right? And right. I mean, for me, that was a really cool, you know, my story of that was just being able to walk into that facility with you where they just unveiled the women's hockey exhibit and yeah. to just see you um, see your team yeah. um, be enshrined there, if that's the right terminology, was, was really something for me, yeah. right? Just to see those tears of joy and just that just overjoy that came over you in that right. uh, yeah. was pretty cool. So pretty just special, yeah. hear a little bit more of that story one day would be really good. And I don't even know if our viewers and listeners know that you coached me. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> we're going back there too, right? So yeah, that was, um, for sure. Lots of, yeah. you know, when you're, you're in the game long enough to start coaching the kids of uh, the players that you used to coach, there's, there's a yeah. plethora of stories to be told. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I think, you know, the, the, the best story that I can tell that dovetails into, you know, our, our guest JP and all the stuff we've been talking about today in, in, in our inaugural podcast about transformational, intentional you know, coaching programs, all those different things, mm-hmm. was the guy that shaped my coaching career and philosophy okay. by the, uh, you know, many young guys might not know it, but all the dads out there are for sure going to know who Roger Nielsen is. Huh? Um, Roger, you know, coached over a thousand games in the NHL. Yeah, waved white flag, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. They've got a statue <laughs> of him outside in Vancouver. You know, from from the eighties and that Stanley Cup run that they had there. Um, but Roger was a pioneer in many ways, right? Yep. Like Captain Video is what he would be known for. Um, he, you know, back in the day, he was a high school teacher that had access mm-hmm. to like a eight mil reel that he would sit and watch hockey games and. And it grew to, you know, he would show up at our camps in the summertime with just a bag full of VHS tapes from all the, you know, Philadelphia Flyer clips. And, you know, this is all before the, now yeah. we got Instat and all these other high flute and, you know, yeah, data-driven right. programs. But yeah. Roger pioneered all that. Like, he was the one that was in the basement, staying up all night, just watching film to try and find shortcuts to the game. And so mm-hmm. he was a pioneering dude that... Um, you know, there used to be if you, you pull the goalie, um, you know, get an extra player and you've already burned out your timeout. Well, he figured out a way that if you put that goalie back in um, and then switch goalies. So, right. Right. So put the different goalie in the next yeah. time and have him come out. Well, there was no rule. You couldn't keep doing that. So Roger was getting these like timeouts every face off because he was switching the goalies. So <laughs> NHL had to make a rule that, no, you, you can't do that, Roger. Right. So. <laughs> 
Um, just lots of really you know creative things that he was he was always trying to to make happen. Um, and so it, we had we had an opportunity through Hockey Ministries International to work with some hockey camps that Roger was part of, and okay. one of them was in Cairnport in the old. Uh, you know, back in the Sparrow yeah. Gardens, we didn't actually get to use the old Sparrow Gardens arena. We bust the kids into Musha for the for the actual ice time, but the rest of the camp was in Cairnport. And one night, we're sitting in our uh, we had Roger over for dinner with our kids, and my wife cooked a meal. and And our neighbor had a dog chained up to a tree. It was this nice husky, big, heavy dog. It's the middle of summer. It's July, and the, the neighbors weren't home, but this dog was home. No water, just sitting there melting in the heat. And as we're eating, Roger, like the windows over my shoulders, look outside and see this dog just kind of whimpering. And Roger was so distracted during the dinner time, and I sort of felt uh, awkward. Like, like, is there yeah. something? <laughs> is he not like the food, or like what's <laughs> going on here? And he he gets up to excuse himself, and he goes outside, and he unchains the dog, and he goes for a walk up the street and back down, comes into our yard, gets a bowl, gets it some water, and then tied it up in the shade on on our patio and then just came back in and i was blown away i'm like here's this nhl coach he's a head coach for philadelphia flyers he's in like middle of nowhere saskatchewan yeah <laughs> you know having lunch for us and and or with us and and here he's he's, he's got this compassion for a dog hmm. and so the conversation around the table was i was kind of like like tell me about that roger like what how what were you feeling and and he made the statement that I think is, you know, I don't know if it's really like 100% defined everything I do, but yeah. it, it, it spins around that idea. He, he said, people don't know or people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I saw yeah. firsthand, like, here, like I said, here's this NHL coach who there's no audience. There's no microphones. There's no one like I'm the only my, my wife and boys are the only ones that can tell the story of him just even caring about a dog. Yeah. And if you look back at Roger's life and how he, like, he was a pioneer in coaching conferences, like the Roger Nielsen Coaching Clinic in, in uh, Peterborough every year would get hundreds of coaches from everywhere. And at that time, sharing coaching ideas was like, oh, that's, you can't do that. It's my yeah. secret. Yeah. There's no but Roger, Roger was like, no, yeah. let's get everyone together. And let's, like, I, I care about your development. Let's, let's have this. And, and he yeah. wouldn't even just be like, you know, come to the clinic. He, he wanted to, he'd open his home and... Uh, I think his his home is uh, I forget. Well, it's Muskoka area, Muskoka, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's right. So we'd go there afterwards and you know swim in the pool and guys would out in the boat and just like he just he cared. Yeah, and, heard, and it wasn't just a pretentious. I heard care, he like left he his home just, open all the time in Muskoka because apparently his players knew that any time they could bring their family and just yeah, stop, and just stop come in. and hang out. Yeah, like the front door was always unlocked. Yeah, and yeah. and then you know every every Christmas he would. Uh, he, he would hand write hmm. a personal card to. Uh, he, we always got one, but it, I'm told it was to thousands of people. So every road trip, he was out there on the plane signing these Christmas Christmas cards months in advance to, because he cared, right? He was a transformational coach, and even wow. how does that impact Saskatchewan? When we look at back in at the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, the SJHL, um, I think it was like around 1990. Five ninety six mid nineties anyhow. Roger cared enough about the chapel program that was going on and and starting to grow throughout the SJHL and, and junior hockey in general. Yeah, he invested. We we put a proposal to the SJHL. It was called the Roger Nielsen uh, Award, and it was to um, the servant leader 
that was on that team. Uh, so each team would nominate a servant leader and then there was a league award and he funded the $1,500 scholarship at the time. And so whenever he sent us our Christmas uh, card, in there was a $1,500 check to go towards that scholarship for that. Like this guy cared yeah. and, and, and in many different ways. And so for me, I saw that modeled with a coach that, you know, acted as a mentor to help me understand that you really got to care about the people that you're working with and, and have that servant leader mindset. Yeah. And so I think that Roger is a great story to weave into our inaugural podcast today yeah. about win all day every day. And, and I think we're seeing that. I think we're seeing that change of, of the old guard from the transactional dude to yeah. more Roger Nielsen's. That's really cool. Um, uh, just to piggyback one little thing on Roger, I, I had the chance to have lunch this one time with a, a gentleman that played for the Rangers and uh, the New York Rangers. And I, I just briefly asked him, and, you know, the, you know, who's the best coach he ever had? And he looked at me and he said, Roger Nielsen. And I was like, and why? Yeah. He's like, you know, I don't really know how to say it. He was a, he just knew that he loved you. Mm. And that was it. Right? Yeah. It was like full stop. And he, he was the one that told me about Muskoka and the cabin and the door always being open. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and somebody once said to me, and I don't remember whose, whose quote this is, but they just said, you know, let us, you know, be known uh, for our love that we show and not for our opinions that we give. Oh, yeah. And I just... You know, in closing with that for, for Roger, I mean, it's clearly that that's what he's been known for. Yeah. Um, right. And, and so that's, that's a pretty cool story about him. So thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's Grandpa B's story time. Yeah. Um, that's a wrap really on the show. I mean, a couple announcements, um, you know, some, right. some things that are coming up. What are some, you know, the big golf tournament coming up? Talk about another legend, Royden Taylor. Yeah, sixth annual already. That's sixth crazy. annual Royden Taylor, Monday, July 24th at the, the Hillcrest Golf Club in Moostra. Yep. I'm um, really excited about it. I think we have about 125 golfers registered right now. So 144 is a sellout. Um, we're often there, but there's a, there's a few teams left. So Good. we'll hopefully fill them up in the next week. It's yep. 10 days from today. We'll put the information at the bottom and so people can have a chance to awesome. to get in touch with us about that. And yeah. uh, the money from that's going towards... Yeah, it goes towards the BCA um, Cougar Hockey Fund. So financial aid uh, families are able to apply for through BCA. Yeah, yeah. that's exciting. Um, our teams, you know, they're, they're U15, the two U17, U18, the prep teams yeah. um, that compete in the CSSHL. We've got a couple spots open on each team. You know, I think as I talk right. to each of the coaches, um, they've been really diligent. They worked hard all, all winter into the spring um, to identify, you know, in the springtime then to start engaging with and, and, and talking through uh, to get, you know, some really good talent to be able to come in. There's lots of retention. You know, some of our athletes are moving right. from the 15s to the 17s or 18s and, and 17s to the 18s. And so that's exciting that that retention, that pathway to graduation is there. Um, but there's some spots that are still open. Right. right? So if if there's a player out there that's, you know, been intrigued by some of the stuff we talked about, you know, sitting there listening and saying, man, they got, I don't get any of this where I'm at. Right. I don't want that difference. And yeah. our encouragement is to get in touch with us, right? Um, well, well, you're probably already on one of our scouting lists, but maybe we don't have your contact information. Um, and, and so if you're still out there looking for a place to right. play, you're a U15, 17, or 18 athlete, and, uh, and you want to be part of a transformational culture that we've been talking about throughout the podcast, um, we, want, we, we want you. Right. Right. And, yeah. and I, I would even make the statement, I've said this, you know, in, in some of my other recruiting visits, because yeah. we've had players come and tour and, you know, to our facilities and stuff like that and, and come for a skate to see what we're all about, is I, I think that a lot of times 
it's not necessarily that we need that student-athlete to be part of PHA. I really think that there's some student-athletes out there that need us more than we need them. And, and uh, because maybe they've had a transactional experience there, or maybe they're just, they're not getting what they need for their, their future development. And, uh, and I think that they'll find incredible value in what we offer for their elite performance development. Right, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, if, if that's you, I guess, um, right, info, probably tell them, send, a, send an email to yeah. info at prairiehockey.ca. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or, you know, we'll, again, we'll put the information at the bottom here yeah. and, and we just love to hear from you, whether it's now or maybe you're a young, you know, 12 that's year old right. boy that yeah. is, is or, uh, wanting to, to get involved, you yeah. know. And if you're at that age and, and somewhat local, I mean, we have uh, some really great camps going on right now, right? Our, yeah, our summer camps. I think our first week wet, and we kind of call them skills clinics, right? So they're, they're mostly evening based, uh, three, yeah. four days a week. So we've got some puck skills clinic coming up. I think a body checking. Body checking one's big. And then some forward and defense um, skills clinics again throughout, yeah. um, throughout August. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, Justin, it's been a pleasure having this first show with you. I want to thank our producer, Joshua Kropp, for making all this happen. Yes. And, <laughs> uh, and just really thankful to, to be able to start telling our story. I think this is going to be a great journey and look forward to, to co-hosting with you more often. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun today. Good. Yeah. That's a wrap. <laughs> awesome. Well, that was fun. I mean, that was the most fun I could have on a Friday afternoon, honestly. That was just fantastic.